Today's episode of First Look ETF is brought to you by the New York Stock Exchange, the home of ETFs. To hear from experts across the ETF market, visit homeofetfs.com. NYSE has sponsored this production by ETF Guide LLC for illustrative, informational, and educational purposes only, without regard to any particular investor's objectives, financial situation, or circumstances. NYSE neither represents nor warrants the accuracy or correctness of any of the statements in the production, which has been independently assembled by ETF Guide LLC and with whom sole editorial control rests. NYSE makes no recommendation as to possible benefits from any securities or trading strategies, and this production is not a rec- recommendation, offer, or solicitation of an offer to buy or sell any security or engage in any trading strategy. Prior to the execution of a purchase or sale of any security, you are advised to consult with your own advisors. Hello and welcome to the November episode of First Look ETF. I'm Stephanie Stanton with ETF Guide. It is great to have you with us. Coming up on today's show, the boom in actively managed funds has lifted ETFs to a record-breaking year. The number of new funds launched and assets gathered this year is in history-making territory. Also, we'll spotlight three recently launched active ETFs targeting commodities and equities. But first, to kick things off, we've got Douglas Yones, head of ETFs from the NYSC. Douglas, it's great to see you again. Hi, Stephanie. It's great to be back. All right. Starting out, as we always do, with the latest update on ETF launch activity, what are things looking like? Yeah, Stephanie, if you're standing up, sit down. Last month, 67 ETFs. Yes, 60 seven ETFs launched in the month of October, raising $938 million in new assets for the industry. Who's counting? We are. That's 418 ETFs year-to-date with over $24 billion in new assets under management. You mentioned in your intro, I mean, we're in record-breaking territory. Yeah, absolutely. 2023, historic year for the ETF industry. Um, you guys just celebrated uh, a 30-year anniversary. Um, this year, has also become even more historic because we understand that active ETFs also set to achieve some new record milestones. Tell us more about active ETFs. Why are people loving those? Yeah, I mean, 2023, it's the 30 year anniversary of the ETF spy, you know, launching all those years ago. We've been tracking a lot of trends on this show. And and for those that have been watching us and listening in, Stephanie, they'll know this. Active ETFs have continued to grow and outpace their peers. Uh, On a five-year compound annual growth rate, we're pushing almost 50% when it comes to cash flow. There's now over 3,200 ETFs listed in the U.S. But guess what? 74% of all ETFs listed this year are active, as you mentioned. All three of our guests this show actively managed ETFs, and they're capturing the cash flow. There's been points of time that a third of all ETF cash flow coming in is going into active ETFs. So this is a trend we're continuing to follow. We're leaning in, we're investing here, and we're excited. Okay, Douglas, before we let you go, what are other important ETF trends are you guys tracking? Yeah, there's been a couple of really important ones. For those that have been watching this show for the last few years, ETF conversions, that's people who have taken mutual funds, gone directly into ETFs. Year to date, almost $5 billion has converted. But guess what? Even just with a few months left to go, we're expecting about $13 billion more to convert 
directly from funds in the ETFs, bringing that total well over the 60 billion mark. So, so that's one trend that's been really exciting. Also, there's an increased focus on commodities, fixed income, income generating ETFs. In fact, well over 40% of all cash flow this year has gone into those categories. And as we always say here at the New York Stock Exchange, it is about education. If you haven't been to ETFcentral.com, please go there. We've been upgrading a lot of the materials. We've got some really dynamic pieces and we've introduced a podcast, ETF Central, the podcast. Check it out on any of your favorite platforms. Absolutely. We'll make sure that our viewers do that. And Douglas, thank you. As always, great stuff happening there at the NYSE. We appreciate your time. Thanks, Stephanie. And just a quick reminder to watch First Look ETF on Amazon Fire TV and Roku. Also, we simulcast First Look ETF on iTunes, Spotify, Amazon Music, and other major podcasting platforms, so don't miss it. The global energy shift is pushing up demand and prices for industrial metals like copper, aluminum, and lithium, as well as others. Demand is strong, but supply is shrinking. How can you position your investment portfolio to capitalize on this megatrend? Well, here to discuss that and more is John Love, president and CEO at USCF Investments. Hi, John. It's great to have you with us. Hi, thanks for having me. Glad to be here. Okay, so your firm's latest ETF launches have been focused on the industrial metals market. What specific metals does it cover and why is it such an exciting area for investors at this time? Well, we've launched a, a couple of funds this year, and one of them, uh, ZSB, is uh, basically a battery metals fund. And the metals in that fund are cobalt, lithium, nickel, copper, aluminum, the things that most people would expect to hear when you think of battery metals. But there's also uh, metals in there that I think a lot of people don't think of, like graphite. That's actually our uh, number four holding. Um, we've got iron, silver, um, rare earth metals. So it's really everything that is going into the not just the battery, but this electrification infrastructure, which is uh, you know happening right now, but is also expected to continue to be a major theme in the global economy over the next couple of decades. And, and that's what makes this so exciting and such an exciting time is, um, you know, people have talked about the energy transition and electric vehicles uh, for quite some time. But it's really becoming reality. Things are accelerating. And uh, as you mentioned, supply is not uh, pro projected not to keep up with uh, demand, especially for metals like uh, copper, which uh, historically is, is very in demand for traditional industrial metal use or industrial metal uses. But it's, uh, it's expected to have 10 times the amount of, uh, we think, you know, 10 times the amount of copper is going to be needed. Uh, going forward compared to, for, for electrification compared to what's used in EVs and infrastructure right now. Yeah, interesting. Uh, EVs definitely blowing up at this point. Um, you talked about those metals, but when we think of EVs, we often think of aluminum um, being one of the big ones. The USCF Aluminum Strategy Fund, your ticker is ALUM Alum. This is among your firm's latest launches. Tell us more about this fund um, and its unique investment approach to the aluminum market. Well, uh, Alum uh, basically is our first single commodity ETF in quite some time. I think 11 years ago was the last time we launched a, a single commodity strategy. We've been focusing on baskets and broad commodities, which we think are important for investors, especially from a strategic level. But we kind of got our start with single commodity ETFs. Uh, we're well known for energy products 
And uh, our last launch in 2012, a uh, single commodity uh, product was uh, a copper fund. So aluminum is our first uh, single commodity ETF in all this time. And the reason for it is the aluminum market has been growing dramatically. Uh, the CME uh, has reported humongous growth in their uh, aluminum contract over the last year. Aluminum trading around the world has increased uh, dramatically. And again, it's this, uh, a lot of this is coming from this uh, demand for electrification, tra uh, energy transformation, so on and so forth. So it's a very exciting time. Uh, we had uh, people asking for uh, a product uh, that would trade aluminum. Uh, and that what basically uh, led us to bring this out was we thought, you know, what, there's just such growing interest here. This is something that we think is the next uh, single commodity pro product that should be on the market. And to your second question, how do we get exposure? What is what is unique about it? We're just trying to provide really uh, investors with the underlying uh, exposure to the futures contracts, to the to the price of aluminum as close as, as we can get uh, through the futures. And right now, what we're doing is holding the three most liquid futures contracts on the CME, and uh, we could we could hold different ones, but uh, they're all very highly correlated. So. Holding those three most liquid ones, we think, is a good way to give investors narrow exposure to just the aluminum metal itself. So then how do you see a fund like Alum being used by investors and financial advisors? Well, there's a few ways that people could do it. Um, I, I mentioned before, we believe people should have uh, should consider commodities in their strategic asset allocation all the time. And that would be a, a broad allocation to a fund like um, we have a broad commodity product, SDCI, and a sister fund, USCI, that, that uh, have been really uh, top of the charts year to date over the last year and three years. Um, and we always think people should be looking at that. When you're looking at single commodities, you really want to understand the market you're dealing with. So this is a product that I think um, if you're a fundamental commodity trader or a tactical um, quantitative uh, technical trader, uh, there's a lot of opportunities up and down. There's a lot of swings in aluminum. And I think it presents a lot of opportunities. So for your strategic allocation on, on you know, one side of perhaps, uh, or maybe your core allocation, you want broad commodities, a product like aluminum, you can wait towards if you um, either are very knowledgeable about that market or if you have strong views on the commodity uh, at a particular time. All right. Uh, exciting times in the EV world. John Love, thank you so much for stopping by here on First Look ETF, sharing more about your metals ETF, specifically Alum. Thank you very much. And as we just heard, the boom in actively managed funds has lifted ETFs to a record-breaking year in terms of new funds launched and assets gathered. Now, among this group of active newcomers is the GMO U.S. Quality ETF. That ticker is QLTY Quality. And here to tell us more is Tom Hancock, head of GMO-focused equity and portfolio manager. Hi, Tom. It's so great to have you here on First Look ETF. Thanks for having me, Stephanie. It's great to be here. Okay, so your firm's latest ETF launch is the GMO U.S. Quality ETF. Again, that ticker is QLTY. Before we talk about those specific holdings, let's first talk more broadly about the fund's unique investment approach. Yeah, uh, so GMO is an independent boutique. We were founded in 1977, so we've been around a long time. I think people who know us think of us as a value manager, but very early on, 
we realized that the truly great companies that can reinvest at high returns on capital and grow while returning cash to shareholders, those really deserve a premium and you should really pay up for them. So we're kind of a pioneer in quality investing. We're also a pioneer in what now would be called factor investing. If you go back to the 1980s, we were using screens on quality and valuation long, long before others were. Uh, and that has led to, I think, really what's kind of unique about us is we ha still have that element to our process. We use that disciplined screening to help us source ideas, but we're very much fundamental stock pickers. So we don't just look backward, we look forward. We vet the businesses of the companies. We contemplate their valuations. I think we get a much purer expression of the quality investing philosophy and quality at a reasonable price uh, than many other techniques. So actively managed, you know, it's it's all the rage now. Um, quality is an actively managed ETF, which gives GMO the ability to be highly selective. What types of stocks and sectors might we expect to see inside quality? So what we really like to invest in is in areas where there's secular growth and can companies don't have to invest too much to benefit from that growth. And of course, over the last few decades, that's really been the healthcare and technology sectors. We've seen this year with AI and ChatGPT. We've seen it with the GLP-1 weight loss drugs, but that's really just the latest in a couple decade long sequence. So that's, that's where we've been investing a lot. But I also don't want to put aside some of those older, more stable quality companies. We'd like to have a diversified, balanced portfolio. And so consumer staples uh, would probably be the, the third sector where you'd see us have a lot of investments. And what we'll stay away from is the really cyclical, commoditized, levered kind of businesses. Yeah. And speaking of diversified portfolios, what type of role do you see a fund like Quality playing inside a diversified investment portfolio? Yeah, most of our clients use the strategy as kind of a core holding. It's a approach that can work in all seasons. It's also an approach that's a little bit timeless and not one that you're trying to invest in and out of based on what's going on today. So it's very much a core holding. The other role that a lot of people like it for is defensiveness. And we saw that last year in 2022, of course, during the financial crisis or the tech bubble or sell-offs like 2018, all those periods, we've been able to outperform the markets with this approach. And uh, clients who tend to balance that with more aggressive and thematic portfolios, I think really appreciate that defensive characteristic that comes not just with quality investing, but with quality also at a, a reasonable price, a valuation-aware quality. All right. Well, Tom, it is so nice to have you here as part of our guests on First Look ETF, and we appreciate your time today very much. I very much enjoyed it. Thank you for having me. We're very excited about the ETF. Global giants like Apple, Microsoft, and Tesla were once small companies. So if you're hunting for the next generation of global giants, small and mid-sized companies might be the right spot to check out. Well, here to discuss a new ETF that targets small cap and mid cap stocks is Sal Esposito, head of ETF products at Zacks Investment Management. Hi, Sal. It's great to have you with us. Hi, Stephanie. Thank you for having me on today. All right. So the Zacks Small Mid Cap Core ETF, your ticker is SMIZ, S-M-I-Z. This is among your firm's latest ETF launches. Before we discuss some of the holdings, let's start out. Tell us a little bit more about SMIZ's unique investment approach. It really is both a quantitative and qualitative process, right? We have a, a time-tested approach that we apply to all of our portfolios, which is utilizing our Zacks multi-alpha factor ranking system. So that looks at uh, analyst estimate revisions. It looks at companies from the bottom up. 
which companies uh, are being covered more? Um, are the analysts agreeing? Uh, what's the magnitude of the, revi the, the estimate revisions? And also, what is the upside and surprise of, the, uh, of those companies? So the qualitative approach to this portfolio is that our portfolio team can actually um, weight, weight the portfolio towards small and mid cap, depending on what they're seeing in the market on a quarterly basis, right? So it has the opportunity to lean mid cap or lean small cap, depending on what our portfolio team is seeing. Okay, so then let's dive in a little bit. What specific industry sectors or maybe individual stocks does SMIS hold? Yeah, so I mean, we are, we're not, we're looking from, you know, a company by company approach, right? We're not leaning heavily towards one sector. We're also not chasing high earnings growth. We're prioritizing balanced risk adjusted uh, performance and diversification. So the, the ETF has about 200 holdings in it in average. Uh, that can kind of veer one way or the other between 150 and, and about 250, depending on what our portfolio team is seeing. So it is definitely um, evenly balanced. It's not equal weighted, but it certainly it certainly has enough holdings in it uh, so that you're getting exposure to a multitude of different sectors because we're focused on the companies in general. Great. And uh, some of the sectors, maybe a few company names that we may recognize. Yeah, I mean, we have, I'm trying to think about, we have uh, Lululemon is, is one of uh, a name that I think many will recognize for sure, <laughs> right? Uh, I believe um, also uh, MGM Resorts and Entertainment is, is a current holding in, in the portfolio as well. So that gives you kind of, and then we also have some 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 companies that are, uh, that are focused on, um, uh, on banking. FICO is another one in there. Uh, and also some, some tech companies as well that are, that are, uh, leaning towards more, you know, using AI uh, in their companies as well. Okay. How do you see a fund like SMIS being used by investors and financial advisors? Right. I think that, um, most, most advisors and investors probably don't necessarily dive deep into small and mid caps. Um, and a lot of, a lot of investors are using, you know, small and mid cap allocations, uh, and getting their allocations via benchmark ETFs, uh, because it's really something that not a lot of people do that in-depth digging on. So we believe that, you know, having an active portfolio in the small and mid cap space makes sense right now because of the environment we're in with the higher for longer interest rates, you know, some smaller, smaller companies are going to Right, fall by the wayside due to the fact that they do have to do so much borrowing and interest rates are going to be, we believe interest rates are going to be higher for longer. So being in a fund that's going to be a little bit more, uh, like a little bit more tailored in the approach, right? If you're picking, if you're picking and choosing the right small and mid cap companies versus owning the entire benchmark, you could have a competitive advantage um, in all of your asset allocations. All right, we'll leave it right there. Thanks so much, Sal, for your insights. Keep up the good work. We appreciate your time. Thanks for having me. And that does it for today's episode of First Look ETF. If you enjoyed the show, tell us in the comments section below and by hitting the like button. A cordial thanks to all of our guests, along with Douglas Jonas at the New York Stock Exchange. Be sure to check out ETFcentral.com to learn more. I'm Stephanie Stanton with ETF Guide. Thanks so much for watching. We'll see you next time.
Today's episode of First Look ETF is brought to you by the New York Stock Exchange, the home of ETFs. To hear from experts across the ETF market, visit homeofetfs.com. NYSE has sponsored this production by ETF Guide LLC for illustrative, informational, and educational purposes only, without regard to any particular investor's objectives, financial situation, or circumstances. NYSE neither represents nor warrants the accuracy or correctness of any of the statements in the production, which has been independently assembled by ETF Guide LLC and with whom sole editorial control rests. NYSE makes no recommendation as to possible benefits from any securities or trading strategies, and this production is not a rec- recommendation, offer, or solicitation of an offer to buy or sell any security or engage in any trading strategy. Prior to the execution of a purchase or sale of any security, you are advised to consult with your own advisors.